Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week we're talking about three TV series, Astrid and Lily Save the World, Space Force, and The Dropout. Yes. So... <laughs> I'm very excited to tell you about my show. Yes. Tell me. Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> okay. So I've been watching Astrid and Lily Save the World, which is an hour-long comedy on sci-fi. And it's what I like to call Canadian sci-fi, which is always reliably good. <laughs> <laughs> and people have been calling it like a new Buffy which is why I am excited to share it with you, but I'm also a little nervous about, <laughs> about recommending it to you because I know how big a Buffy fan you are. So, yes. The main characters are Astrid and Lily. Astrid is played by Jana Morrison, and Lily's played by Samantha Ocoin, and they are plus size high schoolers, which is really awesome to see them be the heroines instead of just like side characters who are a joke. Astrid is also Filipino Canadian, which is also some cool representation. And they are just kind of social outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> they do this thing called patrol where they go around and they try to like learn things about their their cooler classmates and what they're into, like music mm -hmm. and stuff. So they can try to get cooler, but it doesn't really work. And in the first episode, they they go to a party that they weren't invited to. <laughs> <laughs> and they aren't treated very well. And they end up like just kind, kind of saying, screw this. Everyone's dumb. And they go and they build a, a fire and they just kind of let all their all their frustrations out so they're like throwing some stuff into the fire oh no <laughs> i know right and <laughs> shouting things at the sky and it turns out it's a full moon blah 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 blah, blah. and there's some weird lightning and then the next, <laughs> <laughs> the next day they find out that they have opened a portal into a monster dimension <laughs> oh no I hate when that happens. I know, right? <laughs> they just want to get through high school. Now they have to be monster hunters. Oh, no. <laughs> so this guy shows up named Brutus, and he is a monster, but he is a portal protector. So he's a good guy, but he just, his association just wants the portal to be closed. They don't really care about humans. They just know that if the portal stays open too long, that it it will disrupt the fabric of time and space and all that good stuff, you know? <laughs> so basically, Asher and Lily have to become monster hunters. And they, Brutus gives them an orb that they have to fill with 10 different monster parts, body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really kind of funny because it does get gory. But like everything is really like, the practical effects are really good. Mm. Like everything is gooey and like there's some neon liquids going on and the <laughs> monsters are like really weird and <laughs> cool and it's just even though it's gory it's nothing so graphic that i have to like turn away or anything mm -hmm. it's not like actual blood it's monster blood and stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so brutus is amazing he, he even calls himself their giles character <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Nice. And he's really, like, into human culture. He, like, goes to the mall and rides the, the escalators. And he's really into movies and stuff. And he's like, you're right. The 90s movies are the best. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really cute. And he um he makes them friendship necklaces in, in one of them. <laughs> and I just really love his, his character, but also his relationship with the girls because he's very supportive of them. Even at the beginning, they're like, I you know we can't do this we're not monster hunters we're just like uncool kids <laughs> and he's like no you guys got this like you are strong women and i i totally believe in you and it's just really sweet to see that relationship opening the portal also comes with a couple <laughs> superpowers <laughs> so <laughs> but they're really silly because everything about the show is silly but like in a good way <laughs> astrid's superpower is a heightened sense of smell Mm-hmm. And all of the monsters like reek terribly. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Lily gets <laughs> Lily's leg becomes really strong, but only one leg. <laughs> what? That's silly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's so silly and I love it. And her leg also like twinges when monsters are nearby. So, they can <laughs> kind of try to locate monsters that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And the cast is kind of rounded out with other high school classmates. Spencer McPherson plays Sparrow, who is sort of a like a goth-ish outsider loner as well. Mm-hmm. And Astrid has like a really big crush on him. Aw. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Colton Stewart plays Tate, who is a popular soccer player. And he's he's the one who's not very nice to them at the party. And kind of kicks them out. Mm-hmm. And he is dating Candace Powell, who's played by Julia Doyle. And they are, you know, the resident mean kids. But it's really interesting because I feel like they could have been very stereotypical. But they both show a lot of growth over the season. Mm. And I think it's just really sweet. Like, Tate kind of becomes their friend. And he's so dumb sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Candace at one point tells him to break a leg before a soccer game, and and he's like, why would you say that? (laughs) Because he doesn't know what break a leg means. (laughs) Oh, bless his heart. I know, right? (laughs) So he becomes much nicer as the series goes on, and Candace actually chills out a lot, and she becomes a love interest for Lily, uh, and they've got a lot of history because they used to be best friends as kids, Mm -hmm. but you find out kind of halfway through the season that something went down and they weren't allowed to be friends anymore and then you have eggs <laughs> his real name is egon but everyone calls him eggs <laughs> played by michael mccreary and he's just he's kind of a weird kid uh he likes to study and learn facts and he's really into space mm-hmm. and he uses he checks out the school's telescope all the time which leads him to seeing some weird phenomena that leads him to keep studying and researching and eventually he figures out that Lillian and Astrid are monster hunters. <laughs> so so he kind of in a way joins their team toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. If this gets a season 2, which I definitely think it should and I hope it does. I I'm really looking forward to the monster hunting team growing a little bit. I think that'll be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And then you have Christine, played by Jerry Hall, and she is 
Candace's mom, mm-hmm. and she is really into church and youth group, but very early in the season, she has an issue with one of the teachers at school, and she just kind of like prays to get rid of him, and her prayers are sort of answered, but by a monster, and throughout the season she kind of keeps trying to get kids to join youth group but the youth group is specifically to empower this monster and like bring him back to human form and stuff yeah so it's really it's like what's going on there do you know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) so there are definitely some things coming to a head for the season finale Mm And then a couple other people I want to mention are Marvin Ishmael plays Principal Varshini, and he's just really funny. Uh, there's an episode where one of the monsters inhabits him. Oh, no. <laughs> but the monster's power is that, like, if he touches people and he's like, you're you're so good at soccer, blah, blah, blah. And it's Student Appreciation Day, so he's calling, like, all these students into his office and complimenting them and the the monster is giving them big heads and big egos until their egos fall so much that their head explodes (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) but again everything is like pretty even though it's kind of gory it's it's it was fine for me to watch yeah i don't like the stylized way they they do all the monster stuff Mm -hmm. but he's he's just really funny and then michelle knight played by megan hutchings is the vice principal Mm -hmm. But she also, like, does a bunch of weird, odd jobs. Like, she is the school play director. She subs sometimes. Mm -hmm. She is the head of detention. It's, like, really weird. I'm just like, why are you doing all of these things? I don't know. It's (laughs) (laughs) She's really funny. Because she obviously doesn't really like the kids. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And, yeah, I don't know. She's hard to explain. But I think she does a really good job at that part and um it does bring up one of the weird things that might it might be a canadian thing but i don't know but all the kids call their teachers and stuff by their first names so everyone calls her michelle oh (laughs) and i'm just like oh that's that's interesting so i don't know if that's a canadian thing but it took me a while to figure out like wait is she no okay she's the vice principal (laughs) (laughs) that's weird yeah it sounds really cute I bet being a sci-fi show, it might show up on Hulu eventually. I hope so. So I will try to check it out. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. It's really fun. It like makes me happy all the time because Astrid and Lily are so, they're such good characters. Lily's like the nicest person on the planet and her character arc over the season is to kind of stick up for herself more. Mm -hmm. And Astrid is very like, go get them and in charge and i love that about her (laughs) but at the same time she sometimes overrides lily sometimes so part of her arc is like working more together as a team and they're just like their friendship is so cool and i love seeing you know girls being friends and like their friendship overcoming everything and saving the day so yeah i really recommend it Uh, last thing i want to mention is that wikipedia says that The production hired women and non-binary people in nearly every key creative position. Oh, cool. Including every single writer and director. So I just think that's really awesome. That's great. 
Oh, yeah. that's great. Cool. Well, I will definitely check that out. Yes. And if you don't like it, then we'll never speak of it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it'll be a spiritual successor to Buffy, but we will see. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> but you have been watching something different. I I haven't watched this. So yeah. let me know. Yeah. That, that was a bad segue. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's also comedic. So I think it shares that in common. Okay. But it's a different kind of genre. This is on Netflix. It's called Space Force. And it just dropped its second season. And this was co-created by Steve Carell, who also stars in it, and Greg Daniels, who worked with him on the American version of The Office. So for people who liked The Office, you might enjoy this, but there's something kind of unique about it. So basically, the setup is a few years ago with a certain former president that used to be in office. Um, he, <laughs> in real life, developed the sixth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces called Space Force. And in real life, this was met with a lot of confusion and potentially derision because it seemed unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds kind of silly because we already have the Air Force and we already have NASA. So what's why do we need this sort of merging of the two? Mm -hmm. But this is a sitcom imagining, okay, we have the Space Force. What, what does that look like? So it's a bunch <laughs> of people from astrophysics and scientists and things and astronauts and people from the Air Force kind of coming together and developing this armed services branch. And they don't do a super great job of it. And they're met with a lot of resistance. And it's just sort of like, you know, a, a combination almost of not quite science fiction and sitcom and kind of military comedy. And yeah, so... We've got um, Steve Carell playing General Mark Naird, who is the chief of space operations. <laughs> and he has some supporting folks with him. Dr. Adrian Mallory is the chief scientist of Space Force, and it's played by John Malkovich. Okay. <laughs> who is actually very, very adept at comedy and does a really good job and is a very strange character. And Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation plays Tony Scarapaducci, who is the social media director. So he's like this little PR guy who's always trying to get like Space Force to become like a trending thing and all this. And Tawny Newsom is Captain Angela Ali, who is originally a p helicopter pilot, but she becomes an astronaut. Okay. And Jimmy O. Yang plays Dr. Chan Kaifeng, who is Dr. Mallory's main scientific assistant. And then Don Lake plays Brigadier General Bradley, who is Mark's kind of like his assistant or secretary, but he is a two-star general himself. So, And there's a bunch of recurring characters. But the thing that's really interesting about this show is that honestly, I would not have covered this based on season one, because season one was not very good. And I was not alone in that assessment. It did get renewed for a second season. And the thing that's interesting is that season two was not even markedly different, but it was a lot better, like so huh. much better. And I don't know if they simply got sharper writers. They did kind of make the cast coalesce a little bit better. Okay. Mark has a daughter. Erin, played by Diana Silvers, who was kind of this tangential character before, they made her an intern in season two, so she has a reason to be there, and that made things make a lot more sense. Okay. Um, Mark had like a girlfriend in season one, they kind of got rid of her. 
And there's been an ongoing thing that Mark's wife, played by Lisa Kudrow, is in federal prison, and we don't know why. Oh, wow. And I think they made that sort of a source of some uncomfortable comedy in season one. In season two, they have her appear a couple of times, but they also start their divorce proceedings. So I think they're trying to phase that storyline out because they okay. think they thought it was too weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the the storylines revolve mostly around various space missions they have, a lot of the they have a lot of funding problems. Part of what happens in season two is it seems like they do get a lot of funding cut, which kind of makes the cast a little smaller and tighter, and I think that helped too. Mm-hmm. And they also have this little kind of quasi-romance storyline between Dr. Kaifeng and Angela and So their relationship is explored a little bit more. And Angela is going through kind of PTSD from having been on the moon. And we don't fully know why. And there's a really funny thing at the end of season one where they, they enact the first moon landing in decades. And she is very excited because she's going to be the first woman on the moon. She's going to be the first black person on the moon. She's going to be the first black woman on the moon. So she she overthinks what she's going to say when she lands on the moon. Oh, no. <laughs> and she finally lands on, it's great to be back on the moon. Like humanity, humankind, yeah. Americans, etc. But it comes out, it's, it's great to be black on the moon. <laughs> oh, no. And she just kind of... Like, it's very hard to live that down. But um, anyway, so the the comedy is pretty gentle. It does have things in common with The Office. But it's good to see Steve Carell play a character who's not as woefully incompetent as Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. And John Malkovich, he and John Malkovich play off each other really, really well. Because Naird is kind of like the, the military guy. And uh, Mallory is the science guy. And there's a lot of kind of ways that there's friction there. and their demeanor couldn't be more different. And I don't know, it's, it's very silly. But again, like if somebody watches season one, and you kind of do need to watch season one to get all the characters and to get the what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you have to know that it's going to get a lot better in season two. So okay, I think they make it a lot less about the science and the space in season two, and more about the humanity of the characters. So okay, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. It's always a little bit hard to get into a show when people tell you the first season isn't very good. I know. Well, it's not It's not that bad. Like, I got through it and I enjoyed yeah. bits of it. I just don't think it was as funny. One thing that's fun is that there's a lot of random, oh, it's that guy in little supporting cameos, playing various politicians and military and scientists, um, including Noah Emmerich, Roy Wood Jr., Jane Lynch, Dietrich Bader, Patrick Warburton, Tim Meadows, Conchetta Tomei, Jessica St. Clair, like, just a lot of like, oh, veteran comedic character actor people. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that, that part's fun. That's cool. But yeah, it's, it's very well, I think it's always been well directed and well written it's just they're they're making it even better as it goes there's only 17 episodes also so okay even watching both seasons back to back it's not a huge huge commitment but yeah it's weird i think this is one of the most stark examples though of seeing improvement and not quite being able to pinpoint it but it's due to a lot of small factors yeah cool well i'm glad they are improving 
you said there were 17 episodes. Are they half an hour or an hour? Half an hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not a big commitment. No. Try it out. See what okay. you think. I will do that. <laughs> I have so many shows to watch. I know. Well, and we've both been watching <laughs> this other show. Yes. You've gotten farther than me, but it's called The Dropout, and it's on Hulu? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit, because you've you've gotten farther than I have. Sure. Yeah. This show is based on The Dropout podcast, which is, I think it's from ABC, and it is about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, which is a big story that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. I, for some reason, got really weirdly into it. (laughs) I don't know. I was like at home one time at my parents and 60 Minutes was on or 2020 or something and they were talking about Theranos and I was like, what? This is so (laughs) interesting. So when I saw that Hulu was going to do a show about it and Amanda... Seyfried? Is it Seyfried? I think so, yeah. And that she was going to be in it, and I really like her. I was really excited. So this follows Elizabeth Holmes from when she's in college, well, a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. and then she gets to Stanford, and she has all these big ideas, and she's not really like, like, she is good at the science, but she also drops out at 19, so I think not pursuing the degree and the knowledge i think comes back to bite her a little bit Mm -hmm. but she drops out in order to in order to open this company called theranos where the idea is to wait go back i'm sorry this is based on a true story yes yes (laughs) just in case that wasn't clear I, for one, don't like to speculate about, you know, real people's motives and stuff, but I think mm-hmm. this show does a good job of, like, complicating things and mm-hmm. making you question, was this purposeful, was it not, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But she drops out to open this company, and the company is supposed to make machines that can take one drop of blood mm-hmm. and diagnose a bunch of medical conditions from it, mm-hmm. which is a revolution because most most of the time you need a big vial and elizabeth and her mom are both needle phobic or blood phobic or something and they don't Mm -hmm. like getting their blood taken Mm -hmm. so that's part of where this comes from Mm -hmm. and she gets one of her professors on board and a lot of investors and everything happens really really fast and suddenly you know she's worth like the company's worth like nine billion dollars or something Mm -hmm. and it's this constant struggle of like trying to get the tech to work and keeping investors happy. And the more they need to do research to develop the tech, the more money they need. But if they don't show results, then they're not going to get money. Mm-hmm. So this is delicate balancing act. And you see her, you see her developing into a real CEO. So she goes from like this 19 year old, kind of slovenly kid (laughs) to someone with an image who's wearing all black and only drinking green juice and stuff like that and she one of the things that i thought was really fascinating is the artificial deepening of her voice Mm -hmm. so you see amanda seyfried uh going from like her normal speaking voice and then uh down here it's like 
Theranos, this is a great step for mankind and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really, so she like sort of creates this persona and inhabits it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the company's struggles. And then eventually there are five episodes out right now, I think out of eight. And then mm-hmm. eventually we all know what happens, which is that she gets charged with fraud or defrauding investors and uh, Walgreens because they put machines into Walgreens or they put all of their branding and stuff and made wellness centers in Walgreens before the tech was really ready. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's really complicated and you kind of feel like, like, you know, things aren't going to turn out well. So I, I get a little like cringy during it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, this is bad. This is real bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But what did you think about it? I really liked it. I like the tone of it. I Amanda Seyfried looks so much like Elizabeth Holmes mm-hmm. that it's spooky. <laughs> and Naveen Andrews, I almost didn't recognize. He's from Lost and he plays like her sort of mentor slash boyfriend slash business partner. And um, like at first I was not clear on how and why they were connecting, but then it kind of got clearer and I knew he was not a good guy, but I think that actor is very appealing. So it was kind of like, oh, I feel very <laughs> conflicted. But um, yeah, he's a lot older than her. The people playing her parents are really good. The guy playing her dad, Michelle Gill, is on um, The Gilded Age. Oh. Yeah. And her mom is played by Elizabeth Marvel, who's been on House of Cards and a bunch of other things I've seen. So it's a really good cast and well cast. And yeah, I read a little interview that Amanda got like sore throats from talking in the deep voice and stuff. (laughs) But that it was part of Elizabeth Holmes's thing was that she was trying so hard to emulate Steve Jobs was like her idol. And Mm -hmm. I sort of wish like, why hadn't she gotten more into just, you know, computer and electronics technology? I think things would have gone a little bit better for her. Yeah. But when you add that biomedical element, there is the stakes are higher and you've got to be really cautious because you're sort of playing with people's health and lives and stuff. Another thing that I thought was interesting was the tone of the show. And this was created or or developed by Elizabeth Merriweather, who created New Girl and was the main showrunner of it. And the thing is, I think that I see that influence in the Hmm. tone being a little bit not satirical, but there is a weird lightheartedness to the tone. Yeah. And Amanda Seyfried is known for drama and comedy, but I think that a lot of people, especially your age, might think of her from Mean Girls. So even though I think she was cast for her resemblance and she's a really good actress, but I, you know, she is, she does lend a little air of comedy to this. Mm-hmm. And it is almost like a, a dark comedy because you, you see that there's elements of like, oh, the plucky upstart girl boss trying to like, you know, make it and, and defy the odds and defy her professor's naysaying and all this. But like, oh, you're not, uh, it's you're <laughs> going about it poorly. And yes, in the first episode, one of, it's not her professor, but a professor that she's directed to played by uh, Laurie Metcalf, like just shoots all of her ideas down, but she does it in a way that's very like, that would make me mad if I were the student and think, yeah. well, I'm going to show you. And it's like, oh, man, if you had just done that differently with nurturing and gentleness, yes, this could have been avoided completely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
That was so frustrating to watch. Like the, that professor was so not wrong. Nothing she said was incorrect. She was just basically like, this tech will not work. This is a bunch of pooey and please stay in school and quit messing around and don't don't go down this road. It's like, you're 100% right. But she just was very brusque about it and dismissive and mean. And I think with the wrong personality hearing that, that's going to be like, well, I will defy you and I'm going to do the exact opposite of all of your actually good advice. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that scene was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it walks a very delicate line between because this is a real person and these are real people and this was a real story with real lives affected Mm -hmm. and the Elizabeth Holmes trial just happened like last year I think and or earlier this year Mm -hmm. and um, I think it does walk this delicate line between like what elements of this were purposeful and what elements were was she just trying to hey we're gonna get there so we're gonna get there with any you know the ends justify the means, so we're going to get there by any means necessary. Yeah. And if we have to, you know, fudge some stuff to get there, then maybe that's worth it in the end. I think it it doesn't really, well, the show's not over yet, but I think it doesn't really make a judgment on that yet, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Yeah, because I, I don't really like making judgments. I just want to be like, I just am fascinated by this story. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very fascinating. I think people want to vilify her, but it's like, that's too easy. Yeah. I think it's more complicated. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited for the last three episodes. Great. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, we're talking about the movie Free Guy, the video game Super Mario Brothers, and we're revisiting the Netflix series Archive 81. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you want to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find the show's website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store. And please rate us and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>